Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Tea Time with Mother and Crone. Again, we have a new mother sitting in with us. We are so happy to welcome back Reverend Corey with us today. And we have lots of good things going on. So what we're going to do is we're going to let her take off and she's going to tell us what she has in her cup of tea. Well, today, hello, everybody. And thank you for that kind introduction, Pam. Today, I have got hibiscus and chamomile. And I've got a little bit of lemon. We're going to be talking about Lisa today. And so I thought that this would be very savory because it is wonderful with honey. And um, I actually brought the leaves. I have them right here. These are my chamomile leaves. And then these are my hibiscus leaves. And I put them in a tea strainer. And um, chamomile, of course, gives you a relaxation. It helps. Um, with energy it's actually corresponded with the sun and then hibiscus is actually a very passionate um, blend that can um, help with prophetic dreams and it also helps with um, as a as an aphrodisiac you can help with passion and love so Ooh. yes those are Sounds great like correspondences be some hibiscus <laughs> Those are great correspondences to have in your cup for midsummer, a midsummer night prophetic dream. Then we'll go down like Shakespeare. <laughs> That's I just, I love the teas. Um, I chamomile tends to be one of my go-tos, especially if I'm not feeling well because it relaxes me. So it's not so much the sleep I need. It's, when you're sick, you just want to relax. And, and yeah. that's what I use that for. Um, I'm big on pomegranate. Um, the I real like pomegranate. pomegranate. Like, I like pomegranates. Um, but I have the tea tonight. I have the pomegranate tea. Um, Yum. That sounds it, great, Pam. It is. It's got that little bit of um, bitter, like that little bit of sour. But if you put the honey in it, you get that sweet oh, yeah. sour going on. So it's really good. Um, and it's great for, it's autoimmune. Everybody knows it's great for your immunity. It does detoxing. It does a million things. So it's just one of those teas that you can drink. Now I have it in a white tea, mm. white tea leaves, and that does yeah. make a difference. Um, when you make your teas, if you have a very soft flavor that you're mixing, like chamomile is kind of soft. Yes, so that goes is. good with like a green tea or a white tea. It's terrible with a black tea leaf because it's the black tea is so strong that the chamomile like it's overshadowed by it would it. override it yeah so that's another thing to know if you're doing your own like you do and mix them what actual types of tea leaves to mix with the different herbs so that you can get what you're actually going for it's really great to have herbal teas but if you don't drink them because you don't like them they don't do you any good at all and that shelf gets healthier every day yeah so I remind people, make the tea that you like to drink, That's because right. otherwise you're not going to drink the stupid stuff. And no. the whole idea is to, you know, intake it and make you yourself want healthy. It. That's right, because there's so many things that it can do for your system. And of course, honey blended in with it as a substitute for sugar helps with the immune system. It helps with so many things. It's an antibiotic, a natural antibiotic. Um, so, and I'm, a, I'm not a doctor or a nurse, but I'm just saying, I know that from just researching all of the, you know, honey, I've been drinking honey and taking in honey since I was a child. 
Um, and it's really great if you have allergies, um, allergy season I know is starting all over the country, a little bit of honey in your tea or even in your coffee, you know, mm -hmm. the honey is actually soothes the throat. Now, usually when you get allergies, you have that post nasal drip, you have the coughing, the sneezing. Um, I'm a little nasal. My allergies are kicking up. So mm -hmm. the honey, regardless of how you take it, helps all of that. Yes. So the smart thing to do this time of year is even make a hot tea and let it get cold after you stir the honey in. Let it stir it in hot, then let it cool and you have an iced tea and you're still yep. getting all the benefits of the honey. Absolutely. So if you can use honey in a couple different ways, it really does help with the allergies. It helps your throat because it coats your throat. Um, mm -hmm. A teaspoon of honey sucked off a spoon before you go to bed will coat your throat at night and will help with your post nasal drip. Which. I've done that before um, where I actually I've kept honey in the refrigerator where it gets cold and then I'll take a little bit of a tablespoon and then take a little bit before bed like that with it cold like that and it's actually quite delicious. It, it really is but it's coating the whole throat system. Right. So yeah. if you got that post nasal drip or that awful hacking cough, oh mm -hmm. that's the worst with your allergies. You mm -hmm. can do that. Um, and, of course, you'll be taking your antihistamines and stuff like that will dry yeah. you out. But the honey will actually soothe the dried out throat. Right. If you're on antihistamines, just a little tip. You might want to start using some kind of lip moisturizer or lip balm. Um, yeah. Especially as you get older, you tend to dry out anyway. And when your allergy season hits and you're popping those antihistamines and decongestants, it will dry out your face, your lips. Um Mine get dry and I sit there and pick them, which is the worst thing you can do. <laughs> Mine get dry too. Um, and I do have to, quite, I, I mean, I naturally have to have, in Tennessee, in, in, the, in the, this area, it's so humid and there's so much humidity in the air. But not only that, there's just so much pollen. And so that pollen count goes up. And I stay on antihistamines, whether it's for nighttime or daytime. And yeah, I get dry and then my lips get dry. So... There are a lot of really good uh, balms. Actually, beeswax is a good thing to use as a natural lip balm. So, and if you're taking the honey anyway, it will right. help coat and give you all of that back. So, And the beeswax on your lips, you swallow that too. You mm -hmm. ingest that, and that even helps even more. So Bird's Bees, I think, has probably one of the better ones out on the market. They do. And it's... No, the flavor isn't bad and it goes on nicely because you can get some of those where, yeah, just like your tea, if you don't like the taste of it, you're not going to use it. Right. And um, you can get some of them that are really, mm, yeah, right. You're going to put that in your mouth. And, you know, during the day you do, you do lick it off. It comes off when you drink, when you speak. So every time you lick your lips, you're taking it in. So you want to make sure whatever you're putting on your lips. Yes. You're okay with having that in your mouth. Oh, yep, absolutely. People don't get that. You know? No, they don't. I they don't. But, I mean, we do so many things throughout the day. And, I mean, when, of course, when I worked in cosmetics, I used to tell people, do you have any kind of habits? Because they would come in and say, why is my lipstick not staying on? Why is my lip gloss not staying on? And I would be like, what, are your, what do you do throughout the day? And so you have to kind of pay attention to that. Keep something in your purse or keep something in your pocket so that way you can touch up and keep your lips moisturized because you don't have any sebaceous glands in your lips. So therefore, they're going to get dry. <laughs> and I will tell you, the lipstick like I'm wearing that doesn't come off, 
is probably the worst thing you can put on your lips. Oh, um, but it stays on you though. Stays I mean, on that, all day. We, I want. Love it. we want something to stay on all day. <laughs> uh, to take mine off, I actually, believe it or not, use coconut oil. I buy one, and that's another, yes. Coconut yes. oil by the gallon. And I use that to literally take all my makeup off with. And then I'll use a, a facial cleaning system on me. So yeah. it kind of helps. But, you know, guys, don't don't buy all this and get all this. And, you, you know, I love these people go through the health food stores and they buy all this healthy stuff. And then it sits on their shelf. And that just sits there. Because they don't yeah. like the taste. They don't like to do it. And it's like. It's a big re regimen that's got to. They get, and then they say it takes about 21 days to form a new habit. So, yes. you know, you get those things home from the health food, health food store. You've got to make sure that you're going to commit to that. And 21 so ask days yourself that before you spend the money. <laughs> before you do it. And I always tell people, never make a big change. Make it a very small, yeah. small change. Because you'll stick with that. If it's something little Certainly. that takes 30 seconds, you'll do it. If it takes two minutes, you may not. And I... I'll be honest, I'm, I'm that way. So if it takes me, if I try to use a makeup remover to get this stuff off, it takes forever. I have it on in the morning when I get up. So I found that the coconut oil, we'll get it off. and it's yeah. off. Yeah. And as you get older, you get that wonderful little stuff that goes on around your lips and spider yes. colors come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that coconut oil is a natural moisturizer. It's really great stuff. So it's actually, when you're taking your makeup off, you're actually doing a good thing to your face, your lips, especially. You're just leaving that oil on. And it's and, great for your skin, too. I mean, oh, you yeah. can use it as, I mean, if you really want, if, like, if you've got dry legs, let's say, from shaving or something like that, you could use it just after bath or shower as a regular, and maybe infuse yeah. it with an essential oil. That would be wonderful. And I use it almost every day because I wear lipstick a lot. So when I take it off, that's what I use. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about it, I'm not going to go buy a makeup remover. If I can buy the coconut oil, which I cook with, I make my perfumes with, yeah. I cut everything with it. So <laughs> you know, it's one of those all-purpose things. So I just have it sitting in the kitchen and I just go in, wet a paper towel, go wipe my lips off, wipe my makeup off. I'm good to go. There you go. And people ask me, what's my makeup regime? Regime Because I don't, my face, I got good genes, okay? I was fortunate. Um, both my parents looked very old before they died. They aged horribly. For some reason, I got the good side of both genes because I haven't really aged and I have kept. You don't have a wrinkle on your face. And I'm not blowing smoke says. up your tail either. Um, <laughs> people meet me in real life and they go, you can't be this old. And I'm like, well, yeah, I am. Fun. <laughs> and it's stupid little things like using the coconut oil, like just silly mm -hmm. little things. If you're going to buy a makeup remover, buy something that's going to work Absolutely. and make your face look good. Absolutely. You know? So it's like the little things that I learned through the years. Um, I did the Mary Kay thing for 10 years and mm -hmm. I had all the regiments. And my worst part was I was so busy. I would come home and it was whatever could get the makeup off the quickest. I know you don't I mean even if you make it a habit there are nights when you don't do it you go to bed with your makeup on we've all done it um and I just was like mm, you know I'm really going to ruin myself if I keep this up so I started taking the little things that I knew I could do yes that I knew I would stick with and I stuck with them 
So, and that's what I, I tell everybody, little steps. Baby steps, because you can't jump into a pool in the deep end if you don't know how to swim. You've got to learn a little bit as you go. And the coconut oil is really cheap. I buy it at Walmart. It is. In the cooking section. Mm -hmm. And that's what I make perfume out of. I cut all my essential oils with it. Yeah. So I'm buying yeah. it anyway. So, and um, I started using it on my rough spots, the elbows. And yeah. I have never had to shave my heels in my entire life because I got into a habit when I was very young of putting hand lotion on my feet every okay. night before I go to bed. Yeah. I and take that two seconds to go. Do you put socks on with those? With, nope. Do you cover them with? No, you just you just. Put I them just and I've never ever had rough heels. Wow. People just like, oh man, your feet look so good. How? And it's like every night I got into a habit of just throwing some, and it didn't matter what I ha whatever I have sitting on my nightstand. So it's not like I'm buying you know four hundred dollar. I would never do that, but you know, it's whatever I have on my nightstand. I squirt it in my hand, rub it mm -hmm. in my hands, hit both my feet with it, and I go to bed. And then you go to bed and you stay in that habit. And you know, and then something else, talk speaking of feet, um, you know, I worked for many, many years on my feet um, in retail. And um, I have worn, just always worn comfortable shoes because, I mean, you know, and that's the thing with some of us that. You know, when you wear high heels or anything with it, you got to make sure make sure you keep your your feet comfortable because you don't want to mess them up later down down the road. So, I see so many women my age whose feet look hideous that are cracked and bleeding, and and, and it's yeah. like, oh my god, how did they get like that? They get like that because you don't remember. Yeah, and I don't. What started me on it was when I was younger. I started painting my toenails. And mm -hmm. once a week, I got in the habit of changing them or doing them, you know, because I did my nails. Giving my yourself a pedicure. Yeah. Every, like every Sunday night, that was my thing. That was my that was wind routine. down from the weekend. I do my t fingernails and my toenails. And I found that um, my toes were drying out because of all the um, nail polish, polish remover. Oh, from the, the acetone in the remover. The acetone oh, yeah. in the remover. So I started having to coat them at night after they were done. I would put lotion on them. Well, mm -hmm. yeah. you just don't do your toes. You do the whole foot. And right. I have never had cracked heels or anything. Um, and I see women a lot younger than me with, you know, bleeding Some, heels and stuff. I'm yeah. like, oh, girl, that's got to hurt. Yeah. Um, little silly things that you do like that um, really do make a difference as you get older. And that was one of the things I never, like my family isn't long lived. My parents died in their forties. So I'm like mm. ancient age for my family. And the little silly things like the coconut oil and the, the stuff on my feet. Mm -hmm. um, I work in paper. I'm an accountant. I touch paper all day long. Nothing that dries dry you your out. hands out quicker than yeah. paper. And I've always kept uh, a light, like a lubriderm, a very thin mm -hmm. because it doesn't, it dries quicker mm -hmm. and it, you don't get it on your paper. Mm -hmm. So you put a little bit on and then you wait for a second for it to dry. And those kinds, if, if it's thin, it usually doesn't coat your hands like the heavy stuff does right and you don't leave track well i call them track marks the fingerprints on the paper over. 
Yeah, you. I was just thinking that would be greasy on the paper. Mm -hmm. And if you use a very thin, very light, like a Lubriderm, you just put enough on and you do it like two mm -hmm. or three times a day. Your hands are amazing. They look like my hands don't even tell my age. No, they don't. They don't look I mean, bad at all. And I was like, wow, those idiot little things I learned to do way back <laughs> in the day. Little bitty, those little bitty things, those, the little teeny tiny things that you do every day. And it's amazing. Difference. My daughter, the same way. She must have yeah. picked it up watching mommy, you know. Right. And right. she, her face is, she doesn't have break on her face at all. And she's 50. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, your face looks fantastic you know there's mm -hmm. no wrinkles it's it's firm and it looks good and and she's like well yeah i did the same thing you do and i'm like wow i just copied my mom oh it's and it works so um and we've all worn glasses so you know we do the you your nose has to be yeah. very well taken care of um right. Because otherwise you'd have those little marks. Yep, you have those little marks. And actually the rubbing up and down causes um, pimples and aggravation yes. on your nose. So um, it's just taking care of the little things. And I laugh because I don't have a quote-unquote beauty regimen, but I do because I didn't realize that that is actually a beauty regimen. It's just yes. the quick little stuff that I do, the two-minute, you know, makeup's off, two-minute, my feet are done, I'm in bed. Yeah, it's like, it's done. And it takes a whole three minutes. So make the little changes Wonderful. now while you're younger so that they, they kick in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. And while we're talking about such wonderful things with spring coming up and summer is literally around the corner. I can't believe we're already mm -hmm. in June. I was like, oh, my God, half the year is I know. I, well, I, yeah, I know. It's, I, I was thinking you got to write six, six, the sixth month of this year is already here. And I'm just thinking, I feel like it was just January. <laughs> I feel like 2020 just stood still almost. Because of, yeah. And, and you're going like, oh my God, we're already in June. We're already in June of 2021. Hopefully and the pandemic is getting out of it. I, I don't know if that's a collective gaslight though. I I'm still trying to figure that out, but as um, more and more get vaccinated and more and more are taking yeah. precautions, even the regular flu, um, they had it on the news that the regular flu, they have, there are so many deaths every year from the normal flu. And it's mm -hmm. usually, to be honest, it's the older Americans and it's the younger, it's the babies yeah. because the immune system is shot in both. Babies don't right. really have an immune system. And as no. we get older, our immune system just starts to go down, go down. And there's nothing you can do. They had less deaths from the regular flu this year. And they believe and they haven't done the work yet. So we won't find this out probably until next year. But they believe it's because everybody was masked up and avoiding crowds and avoiding the situations we normally put ourselves into when mm -hmm. we get the flu. Yeah. And I thought that's absolutely amazing. Now mm -hmm. I have an autoimmune issue. Um, I cannot get the shot because I actually go into anaphylactic shock, which they have no sense of humor about. I thought it was yeah. hysterical when I woke up. Um, hey, I have a weird I, sense of humor. I uh, I got my vaccination. Um, I had my second round. It was I think on May. It was the middle of May, May the thirteenth or fourteenth. And um, I'm glad that I got it. I 
felt a little down for the first weekend after that, but um, I didn't have any side effects really that were that bad. But now it's, it's not for everyone. No, it's not like I can't get vaccinated at all, but by everybody around me getting vaccinated, there's helps me because then there's less likeliness. I will get sick. Exactly. So, um, you know, I get vaccinations. Trust me, if I could go, I would have been the first one in line. I'd have knocked down the rest of the old ladies to get my shot. But (laughs) my doctor's going, well, it's like this, honey, at your age, the anaphylaxis can kill you. The epinephrine in your EpiPen can kill you. And then you're probably going to die from flu anyway. So I'm like, thanks. That's just (laughs) peachy. (laughs) So he was upfront and honest with me. So he's like, um, you need to do this, you know, and it was build up your immune system. Well, I have an autoimmune disease. So that's a normal thing that I do every day. It's echinacea, mm-hmm. it's antioxidants, it's it's a whole um, holistic thing that I do. It's yes. the herbs, and he's behind me on that one. He's an OD, not an MD, so, you know, we agree on that. He knows I'm an herbalist, so he backs off when I say, well, this is what I'm going to do. Um, but it's also, I think with this, we've all been taking better care of ourselves, I agree. I think that we've had those opportunities to have self-care and that, um, you know, we've had a little bit more time, you know. Yeah, because things got canceled. So, right. So, you know, what else? I mean, now it wasn't that way for everybody. This has been a terrible situation, but there has been opportunity for people to take better care of themselves and to be on point with what they need to do. And actually pay attention. Right. Because now every time you sneeze, is that COVID or not? You know, exactly. And I know the scare, because trust me, we had we had the scare three times in our office. Um, I managed not to miss a day of work through the whole um, my company ships food. Um, We they I called our state headquarters to find out if we could stay open during COVID. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, what do you do? And I told them they said, you can't close. You're, yeah. uh, you're part of the supply chain. We cannot have you closed. You were an essential worker. We are essential because we ship food. And, and he was like, yeah. you can't close. So I told my boss, I'm like, they're telling us we can't close. And he's like, are you going to be able to come to work? I mean, that was the first question. Right. And, you, and I was like, well, I have to. I'm the accountant. I have to be there. Right. Um, I have to write the checks. I have to make sure, you know, people get paid and everything that happens happens and he was like you know the first sign of anybody sneezing at work i was the first one you know with the lysol come here come here yeah yeah because i knew if i got sick i don't have a backup it's only me right now right Um, and he was like you can't be ill you can't because i don't have anybody that everybody else has a backup and i'm the backup for three other people so he's like you can't get sick so I have been extremely fortunate that, you know, doing the echinaceas, doing the little things, echinacea mm-hmm. tea. I'm a coffee drinker in the morning. I will tell you that. Do not approach me until my cup is empty. <laughs> until my you have that, that first cup. That mm. first cup. It's like, come on. So. You want to die? <laughs> Walk in my office. We're going to do chamomile tea at night and we're going to do coffee in the morning. 
we do coffee first thing, but around lunchtime, um, I have been very good at making some kind of tea with echinacea or something with echinacea in it mm. to every day. So it's that little bit every day. And you know, if you keep it at work in your mm -hmm. desk, you'll look in there because you'll think about it, you want something and then you look at, oh, I got the tea. I'll just make a cup of hot water and throw tea in it. Right. And by just default, you're helping yourself. Exactly. So that's my big thing for people. And with, we have a holiday coming up this month, which is like, oh my gosh, another holiday already. We're not done. I just feel like that we just did Yule. I so. know. And now we're on the other end of the wheel of the year. We're doing, <sighs> but then of course the Southern Hemisphere is in Yule. So that's what we but are. It, it's really, it's like bizarre because I'm sitting here going, didn't we uh, just do Yule last week? I uh, know. Yule was, it seems like last week. I mean, it seems we, like I it. remember, I barely remember in bulk. I remember Ostara vaguely. Beltane just happened a few weeks ago. And here we are about to celebrate Lisa. <laughs> You're like, so what it's the like, wow. So um, now we're going into one of our summer holidays. Yes which is going to be part of our discussion tonight. Just We were going to just chitty chat about Lisa correspondences and some of the things that you can do to celebrate the, the summer solstice or Lisa, however you want to call it. Um, but it is, uh, it is about life and rebirth and transformation. And, and of course, there's the tale of the oak and the holly king. And it's the Holly King's time to take over. And the Oak King gives it off to the Holly King. So if anybody, I don't know if anybody would understand it. Most people in that identify as pagan would understand that whole story. Um, but it's basically as the wheel of the year turns, this is one of the polar ends of the spectrum. You've got Yule and then you have Lisa and it's the solstice season. And so therefore you're going to have a trade-off with which, what is going to happen. The days are gonna get shorter. And in the summer hemisphere, summer, some Southern hemisphere, excuse me, the days are gonna get longer because the earth is tilting and time is turning and ticking away. And it just goes so fast. And before we know it, it'll be Yule again up here in the Northern hemisphere. <laughs> Feels like it's going to be next week, but right. it is important. A lot of people don't understand it. The summer solstice is a big deal. Longest day of the year, yeah. shortest night. It is. And, and it, it's worth celebrating. It is very important. Um, it was very important to the ancients mm -hmm. because now um, they're preparing, believe it or not, even though we feel like it's still springtime, you're starting to look at the winter months now because you got to make sure your crops are coming in well, that you have enough to put back for the winter season. Right. So we're an agricultural um, spiritual path and that's where we're based. So you've got to start looking at it as a farmer. And exactly. this time of year, you're checking who's birth and who isn't. Um, most of them in our neck of the woods have birthed their cows, horses, mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of the piglets are, yes. are birthed. 
So now you're looking at fat, fattening them up because you're going to look at slaughtering right before right. winter. Right. You have something to eat over the winter holidays. And so it's kind of very important. It's the longest day of the year. And Stonehenge, which is the lovely painting that you did. Yeah, she's very talented. Thank uh, you. We always do this. Melinda and oh. I, she leans one way. I lean the other Thank because you. we have them in different colors. <laughs> so now she's got like, look at this. I have this. She's got the whole Stonehenge and behind her. If I, I mean, if not everybody's going to have the opportunity to go and run around at Stonehenge, but you know, I think that having a bonfire at night on the longest night of the year—that's one of the big things. It's going to do a couple of things. You can celebrate. It might be a little hot, but here's the good thing: it's going to keep the mosquitoes away. Yes. So if you're in an area that has a lot of mosquitoes. Build yourself a bonfire. Just make sure that you're up in compliance with your fire ordinances wherever you're at. If you live out in the country, though, you can do almost whatever you want to do. And <laughs> if you want to throw some herbs in there to keep the critters down, you've got bay leaf, you've got sage, you've got all kinds of things you can throw in there. Not only does it smell so awesome, yes. but it also helps keep the bug population down. So. Um, the bonfires are awesome this time of year. Again, watch your regulations. We're very dry here in Florida right now. Um, yeah. we did yeah. have, we had a gathering at our house, um, the other weekend and, um, we were in and you know, where they're saying, be very careful. Everything's really dry. Um, mm -hmm. and a smart thing to do, if that's the case, wet down around the area before you yes. start your bonfire, turn on and your sprinkler, um, in your yard get it down a little bit and then always keep the water um we have pals of water all around just in case i have to you know shush some over on there but the bonfires there is nothing cooler to me than sitting around a bonfire i just i know i have a fire pit out in my backyard in fact when we got the house the first thing i bought was the fire pit my roommate's like what are you doing a fire pit making oh, a fire pit gotta have a fire pit so i i got my fire pit that was my main goal um but it's really nice to sit out there in the evening and you know just have a little bit of a bonfire going in the fire pit you know just to sit there and people gravitate towards it it's oh, like yes, you start it like mine's in the other end of the yard and i start it and it's like everybody kind of like ended up over there everybody <laughs> gathers around and what's so wonderful about a bonfire um everybody tends to get a little bit more it, it kind of breaks the veil almost in my opinion everybody gets i don't everybody gets a little bit more loosened up and more casual and able and 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 they're not feeling so restricted with what they're trying to say and not so inhibited and you know people start telling stories and it's just you know and it doesn't have to be like scary stories i'm just talking about people open up and there's something about that ambiance of being able to feel that you can share with people. There is just something about the fire. I think it's, it takes us back to our ancient mm -hmm. times. I really do. Mm -hmm. I mean, people, you gravitate, you see a campfire and you gravitate. And the smell for me is almost an aphrodisiac. I'm telling you, I yeah. love the smell of a fire, a wood fire. I mean, a let me wood fire that. smells very good. It just, you smell it and it's like, you're there. Um, yeah. I did a lot of camping with Boy Scouts, so 
my, our campfires were once we got the boys bedded down, the adults sat out there and you have your cup of coffee and you're talking and, and it was that wind mm-hmm. down time. Um, I just, I think it's the greatest thing in the world. I really do. And the fact that, you know, you can buy the fire pits now that you can just put in your backyard and you, you have a fireplace or, you know, a fire yeah. area that you can actually sit down and enjoy. And it's just one of those things. You're right. It just, it brings people together. It, it kinda, does. It, it attracts them. It's almost like we're little mosquitoes or something. We go towards the flame. <laughs> but it's really, it's calming. And this time of year with Litha, I've always thought campfires are really cool. Mm-hmm. You can't always get to one. Um, no. If you live in an apartment or something like that, many times you're restricted. Um, right. But if you can get out to a campfire for Litha, that is the best. Go for it. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's even better if someone brings a drum or a guitar. Oh, yeah. And then that's when it really gets. That's when it gets really good. Uh, and that, that was a call out to John Anastasio. Hello, John. Uh-huh. Um, Hello, John. <laughs> I plug everybody in the show. That's um, right. He's a great musician. He is. He's a folk singer with a folk guitar. And I'm telling you, um, shades of uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Um, I'd love to hear him. And he does open mic a lot in Jacksonville. And Sometimes most people record him and it gets on our websites and I'm able to listen to him. But to sit out with someone playing silly old campfire songs or someone who starts now, it's really bad when they bring a drum because you know what happens with pagans and you have a drum circle. Oh, yeah. Nobody sits still. And I love a drum circle. You get completely lost into what you're... You really do. Into the rhythm. We talk about our holidays, and I don't think people really get it. Um, you have to research them a little bit sometimes to understand them. I grew up on a farm, so I understand the agricultural right behind it. So yes. I, I know what we're talking about. Yes. But to take your kids, have them make their own little drums, coffee can. Yeah. Let's drum you can ever make. Or if anybody buys the Quaker oats in the, uh, the cardboard. In the big carton. Yeah, I don't think they even. Round. Yeah, the big round ones. Um, just that is a drum. And you take that out with your kids and you're celebrating Litha. There you and go. And that is like the kids love that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. let them make little drums or little shakers and you just go out and sit around, you know, a fire pit and just sing songs or be silly and dance around the fire pit. I mean, it That's it's nice. a celebration of who we yeah. are. But it's also a celebration of the holiday we're having. So it's not that special holiday where you have to buy something or do something. It's more of a family holiday to me. You're getting that first harvest of your spring crops, which is usually squash and onions and cucumbers and melons. And, I mean, those are refreshing things to cook with this time of year. Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's nothing better than a cold watermelon and a Mm. glass of mead. You know, That would be just the perfect combination. And um, that's, and that's, that's the thing. And then you, you know, you've got other crops that are going to be, and then green beans, there's things that, I mean, some of those things don't come until later in July, but you, there is a, there's early crops. You've got potatoes, potatoes we put out in February and March. I mean, they're. June is the strawberry moon. Yes. Strawberries. 
strawberries have a season about this long. Yeah. It's like it the lasts, Bing cherries. It lasts what, about two a week weeks. and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's it. Um, we have a mulberry tree outside and we actually pick some. We have to be careful because the birds get into them, but we, we picked some of those and that was about a month ago. Um, and we just, I just put a little bit of sugar on them and let them sit. And that's another really nice dish. If you've got, you know, raspberries or blackberries, you can find them. It's a, it's a great time to go foraging. Have you uh, ever tried milk with your mulberries? Oh, I bet it's good. No, oh, it's awesome. When we were kids, we used to pick the mulberries and the blackberries and all the berries and put them all together. My aunt would always make a cobbler and whatever was left oh, over yeah. at night, we would sprinkle a little sugar and pour a little milk on it and mm. have it almost like an ice cream kind yeah. of thing. Oh my gosh. It was so good. I it was disgusting. It was good. So yeah. You know, that's the kind of thing that you can do with the kids now. I mean, you can go berry picking. Um, a lot of places have pick your own berries. Yes, they do. Um, and if you're lucky enough to live in an area where you can actually just go and pick them, uh, growing mm -hmm. up um, in the mountains, the berries are always on the sides. So it was no big deal for us to go out and pick enough to make a my aunt would make these cobblers. Oh my gosh, like they were to die for. And then, like I said, the little bit of berries that were left over, we all, she would make three little dishes and a little uh -huh. sugar on them and pour a little milk in all of them and hand them to us, you know, after we went out and spent hours picking the berries. But it was kind of a cool thing to do. Oh, yeah. But that's, that's another thing. I mean, there's so many things that people, you don't have to do anything special for Litha. Just no, celebrate the little parts of it. It's just, you can have, some, I mean, now that COVID is sort of coming out, it, people can get gather in small groups. And I was going to say, you could have, have a, just a nice, you could have a luncheon. You could have um, a nice weekend dinner. Yes. Yes. A, a cookout. Um, there's just so many things. And I just, I like the warm, I, I'm not necessarily a summer person myself. I really prefer kind of cooler weather, but um, I do like just the refreshing taste of, I'm, like I said, like a nice cold watermelon <laughs> out of the icebox after I've been outside in the garden because it gets extremely hot and humid and um, it just, it's wonderful. Um, but no, I'm sitting here reading about food and drinks. There's mead and ale, summer fruits and vegetables, which we talked about, honey cake. That is something else that you can make. And um, and then um, talking about citrus fruit, honey, um, and then also summer squash. Um, I love zucchini and just making squash medley. There's so many things that you can do with those mm -hmm. and cutting some onions up in there and sauteing, sauteing them in a little bit of olive oil, or you can make a casserole. Um, there's different recipes out there for that. And... Um, well, you know, if you started with the April seed moon and you planted mm -hmm. your seeds in April, you're starting to look at some fruit right now. Oh, absolutely. So that was yeah. the kind of thing um, I've always, with my groups, especially when I do the kids' groups, I really like them to plant something because there's nothing more, I, I can't say educational, but it, there's nothing more inspiring than to start with that seed and see that seed actually and grow and grow into something and mm -hmm. you harvest what it's grown and you're like. And then you got it from that one seed. 
and the kids, I mean, I always had a garden in my yard because um, I grew up on a farm. So I had to plant, you know, tomatoes and peppers. And yeah. Water. Okra. <laughs> yeah, I planted it all. My, my backyard was like a little mini farm. And yeah. it was the coolest thing for my kids was like, you know, if I was going to do um, stewed tomatoes, I'd send them out to grab a couple of plums. Plum mm -hmm. tomatoes is what I, I cooked my students because the beefsteaks, mm -hmm. what we used for eating, you know, like just making a mayonnaise and tomato sandwich. I mean, mm -hmm. that's I know, my thing. Nothing like a tomato sandwich. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You just said the words with a little bit of, I, I mean, just, yeah. A little mayonnaise, a yeah. little salt and pepper and bite into that. Maybe a piece of lettuce out of the garden. Oh, oh Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's that is to die for food. And mom used to make um she would take onions and she would make I don't know if you've ever heard of it, it was a wilted salad. What she would do is we would grow our lettuce and then we would harvest the lettuce and then she would have cucumbers and onions and then she would fry bacon. Oh <gasps> yeah. And she would crumble the bacon into the salad, but then she would take, make the vinegar and oil dressing out of the bacon grease and put the hot grease on. I know it sounds, I mean, if you've never had it, it's called wilted salad. That's what we had. Mm, and it we was, had it too. It was good. It or tastes the, like home. It just tastes like home. It's the just, cucumbers and the onions in the vinegar. Yes. And she would put ice in there. Yes, to, to make it and, crunchy. Yes. And then she would fry the bacon and then she would pour the bacon over the lettuce that we had picked and wilted salad. There you go. That's and it, wonderful foods. It, and that's all available now. I mean, yes, all of these is. great things we're talking about are available right now because the harvest is coming in. You've got yeah. strawberries. Strawberries are for a very, very short period of time. Yeah. And just like the Bing cherries, the Bing cherries are like three weeks and that's it. You're done. That's it. You're done. So you better get out there now where you can get the good strawberries. And the best are the roadsides. A lot of the roadsides have the fresh honey now because they've already oh, yeah. been out to get the honey from the, the hives. So you got that fresh honey. You've got the strawberries. And then you might find some, you know, cabbage uh, mm -hmm. or lettuce or some mm -hmm. other fresh vegetable to go with it. That's a meal so right good. there. And yeah. throwing strawberries in your salad is pretty awesome too. Or, or oh yeah, you can do a strawberry salad. Um, and and even I think with a little, I mean, I've had strawberry salad with a little bit of meat in it, and it feels good. I mean, it just has a nice but savory and sweet against mm -hmm. each other. Oh my goodness, makes a great just the way it all tastes. It's, and Lisa, it's one of those holidays where it's not Yule, so you're not running out having to get presents for everybody. It's not right. Samhain where you're having to prep everything. It's it's an easy holiday. Yes, and it it's a holiday that, I mean, it's almost a child's holiday. That's it how is. I perceive it. Because well, you, you go outside to the campfire. What did you do when you were a kid? You go outside to the campfire. Sat down um, by the campfire. You know, if if you want to be one of those moms like I was, you give everybody a stick and a hot dog, and there was dinner out of camp. And you had a roast or marshmallows, make s'mores. Um, I mean, out by your... mountain pies. Yeah. Now, what is a mountain pie? Okay, you get a mountain pie maker, which is actually it's usually a square and it has very long handles on it. You take a piece of bread and you put it in the bottom, and you put pie filling in it. You put another piece of bread on the top, and you close it. 
and then you oh. put it into the coals and you toast it. Oh, and when you pull it good. out, it's toasted on both sides and then the inside is hot and gooey. So you pop it out of your mountain pie maker and you put a scoop of ice cream on it. Oh, yum. It is to die for. Or you take, um, if you have cast iron now, I do a lot of camping, so I have the cast iron Dutch oven. You put in a cake mix, you put in filling, pie filling, uh -huh. you mix uh -huh. it all up, egg, a little bit of water. You close it, you put coals on the top and coals around the bottom, and you let it cook for about an hour. And you've got a cake. It's a gooey cake. Yum. And it's hot. And then you serve it with a scoop of ice cream. That sounds good. Oh, my God. It's disgusting. Yeah, that's just, that sounds good. Mom. And see, those are all family things that you can do with your kids sure. out back in the backyard. So this is a holiday for me. That's kind of like it puts me in the mind of like a 4th of July with a cookout kind of thing. Mm -hmm. where you're just now, I, I used to live up north, so, I mean, it was snowing on my birthday in April, where I'm from. And they that's odd. So, <laughs> I called my cousin. April. Yeah, the end of April, the very end of April. Yeah, that's, 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 that would be weird for those of us that are down this way. Yes, yeah. I, I'm used to that up in the mountains, because yeah. my cousin called me and said, yeah, we got about an inch of snow on the ground. That's, which is typical. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's just one of those things. It is the most awesome thing in the world. So okay. uh, I, I always put that out there that it's like, it's to me, it's more of a kid's holiday because the s'mores, the mm -hmm. cooking over the fire with the hot dogs, that's, that's my childhood coming back. Oh yeah, so, definitely. It's a childhood holiday for us, and I really enjoyed it. And all my kids did because we did we we do the little you know backyard barbecue and the fire and you know the whole thing with the kids, and it was something that was enjoyable. But while you're sitting around that campfire, that's when you can start talking about you know how this correlates and how the seasons work and you know how everything's connected, mm -hmm. and you know the kids start to understand. They understand more when they can actually see what's going on than, than you yes, just Yes, they're visual them. learners. Children like to see modules of things. Right. And when you so just tell them stuff, they're like... They're like, okay. Okay. But um, if you have a picture of what's going on, you can say, this is what happened and this is how it happened. Right. And if they're sitting out there and you're talking about the fires and you're talking about you know, Litha being, you know, the longest day, the shortest night. Well, they get that because they're sitting out in the yard now and the daylight hasn't, you know, it's still daylight out. So yeah, it kind of makes a better impression on them. So it's an easier holiday, I think, to teach because you're not fighting with sowing. You're not fighting with Halloween. Yule, you're not fighting with Christmas. No. You know, those holidays, we have competition. This right. is a holiday, we have no competition. This is there's no competition. It's summer solstice. Everybody get out, have a bonfire. Um, there's, I'm looking here. We've got animals that you can, um, you can do these with the kids too, like butterflies. You could like make some sort of craft if you wanted to. Butterfly um, wings. Butterflies. Is, these are just um, the wren, uh, cattle, the phoenix, dragons, the fey realm. That's another thing. You know, you could have butterflies in the fey realm and you could make little wings and have everybody out 
I don't know, playing tag. <laughs> this time of year, too, you do see the mushrooms start coming up because yep. you have the dampness from the early spring. So you will see your little fairy circles. Um, those are big things with the kids, too, explaining those in this time of year. You do mm -hmm. see them out more. Yes, you do. There's just, there's so much you can do with this holiday that people are like, oh, it's just Litha. To me, Litha is a child's holiday. And it be is. the child. It be is. Be that child. And if you are able to, um, you know what, if you're out in the country or if you've got a swimming pool, I mean, if you get, if you're in a place where you know that you can get your feet in the water, go for a swim. Oh, yes. Go for a swim. Just don't go into an area where, you know, there's going to be, cro uh, well, not crocodiles, well, we have alligators. Alligators. I'm sorry. Don't go somewhere where you know there's a cotton mouth or water moccasins. Those types of things. You don't want to be in a pond like that. But there's some like TVA here, and we've we've got a lake up here where you know people go skiing. You know, there's things to do. We went up walking and hiking last weekend, and there was all kinds of people out, and it was kind of good. To, to see everybody out on their boats and doing things and people were in the, I don't think people were quite yet ready to get in the water, but I think by mid-June you're ready to get in the water because the water has got to warm up. <laughs> it well, I live on, on the Gulf side, so our water yeah. is nice and toasty. And toasty um, warm, yeah. It is toasty water. warm this time of year and the beaches are mobbed. Um, yeah. But it is a great time. Like I said, it's for me, it's more of a kid's holiday that you can yeah. Plan something at home. You don't have to have a gathering. You can do it yourself. If you have a gathering, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But it's just, you know, you can gather the kids together, take them outside, and you can do a whole ritual and everything and, and not have to have any special preparation. Right. I mean, if you do Yule, there's preparation. You do Samhain, there's preparation. There's Even preparation. with Beltane, there's preparation. Yes, there's pre there's preparation with just about everything. Even... Well, in bulk, not so much. Ostara, though, there's preparation because we have the Ostara bunny. Yeah, so, so you have the eggs you have to do and all. Yeah. You know, it's there's a lot of prep. But with this one, it's basically, okay, kids, everybody come outside. We're getting a stick and we're roasting marshmallows. Yeah, and we're having mead for everybody else. And you just <laughs> became the most popular mom on the block. That's right. She took the kids out for marshmallows over the open That's flame. right. They go over there and they have their marshmallows and I got meat over here. Yes, that's basically how it works. <laughs> and <laughs> if you don't have a campfire or you can't do a fire, if you have a grill, it's the same thing. Put exactly. the little hibachi out there and just burn it. And right. it gives you the same thing that you're going on. Right. So it's it's a holiday that you can work everything with. It's kind of like one of those cool holidays. And... Mm -hmm. I, that's why I like it because I never had to work, Litha. I know that sounds No, terrible. I mean, it's just one of those where you just say, hey, we're having some people over this weekend. Can you come, you know, visit us or you know, let, let us know? B-Y-O-B. <laughs> yeah, basically. And, you know, most people will bring fruit salad or oh, watermelon yeah. or cantaloupe or a honeydew this time of year or fresh corn on the cob. Yes, favorite. you can grill that corn out on the barbecue. And, and that's the other so thing, good. you can cook outside. You don't have to heat up your house. No, that's the thing I like. And there, you know what, there's something about being out in that hot, sticky, humid weather 
at night when you finished all your festivities and all of a sudden coming into the air conditioning. Yes. You know, I don't know. It's like this relief. You're like, oh, I had such a great day. And it's like this, I don't know. It, it, it's just the way you feel. All of a sudden you come into the air conditioning and you're feeling good. And I don't it, know. It's a win-win for me. It I is. mean, and I tell people, people are like, well, you know, you got to do this. You, no, Lisa, it's just one of those laid back holidays that we can celebrate, especially with the kids, because there's so much you can do. Um, the nature just sitting in the backyard because it stays light so much longer that even the little guys can be outside for a little bit longer. You know, mm -hmm. see the little fireflies, you know, how many squirrels can you count? You know, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So it's a holiday that you can celebrate, but you don't have to put a lot into it. And I'm yeah. kind of a, a laid back. I like that. Even if you have a cookout in your backyard, I like to cook out year round. So I have a grill and, and it runs year round. But yeah, to have, you know, a couple people over, throw a couple burgers on the grill and just basically sitting around, you know, we got the fire pit going and we're just sitting there, you know, cold glass. Just chilling and talking. Yeah. And just having like a little music in the background, you're set. And I mean, yeah. if you have the kids, it's great. Let them run. Let them get that energy out. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And it's warm enough that they're running around. And when they get tired, bedtime. That's right. And, and they, they get all drop. that energy out. And it's like, it's like, when, well, I have a dog. Um, but we went walking last week and we did a five mile hike and cool. she's not used to that kind of. I mean, it was pretty treacherous and she slept the whole way home. And then when we got home, she went to sleep. <laughs> so I could She's imagine like, oh, being, being with, but you know, with, with little children being out there and then getting them down for the evening, that would be easy. Really easy. It's hard getting them in. Once yeah. you reel them in, you get them in, you get them in the tub, you get them in that bed and they're out before their head hits the pillow. So oh, I, yeah. for me, it was, that was a great night, you know, because mm -hmm. we celebrated, we talked about it. We went over some of the stuff points where they can understand. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, okay, you know, they had their, they had their meal, then they had their s'mores or whatever we were doing, you know, mountain pies, whatever. And then it was bedtime. And it was like, wow, you put the kids down for bed, you bring the monitor out and the adults sit around the, the camp lot fire, you know, you bring out yeah. the, the adult beverages, as I call them. Um, we used to call it adult soda. That's what we call it. We call it, well, my mom growing up, she, I was just enamored with, with the wine glasses. Cause oh, I mean, yeah. she would have friends over and I'd be like, I want a drink out of that glass. And she goes, no, this is a grown up drink. And then, you know, I couldn't understand it. And then, you know, I started understanding it. But it you, is. You used to tell them that the beer was adult soda. Yeah. It worked for us. But, I mean, you know, after you put the kids down, then you still got, it's still semi-light outside. So you can I still know. sit out there and, and just enjoy the, the quiet and listen to nature. And mm -hmm. staring into a campfire there is yeah. nothing more awesome than that. You lose yourself into that. And we it's talked really about good. that last week with the scrying. The scrying. So, so, I mean, that's a great way to lose yourself. You know, you just sit there and you relax. You got the campfire going. Someone's playing the guitar. You got a little music in the background. Kids are in bed. They're good. And it's like, wow, what mm -hmm. a holiday. 
you know, and you haven't oh. had like 4th of July or Memorial Day. You're running around like a crazy person um, trying to get all the stuff in because I used to cater. So everybody mm -hmm. expected, you know, we'll go to Pam's because she she's a caterer. She knows how to feed us. Um, and for me, those holidays were work. They were oh, not yeah. enjoyable. But Litha, who knows what Litha is? So Litha, yeah, it's just Litha a was a holiday I could enjoy because I didn't have to do much for it. There's not much to do. Hot dogs, hamburgers on the grill, fruit salad. They make s'mores. Bedtime. We're yep. done. So it's it's one of those comfortable holidays. And along with Litha um, and celebrating the the seasons as they're changing, we have all of the veterans and military yes. holidays in yes. June. We have Flag Day. We have um, Memorial Day. Day and D-Day. Mm -hmm. So we have all of those wonderful holidays to celebrate. Um, I'm a military brat. Um, a lot of my family's military. So mm -hmm. those holidays are near and dear to my heart. So it's kind of like you just roll them all into one and it makes it for a very comfortable evening because not everybody knows what D-Day is. My uncle was in World War II, so I know what it is. Um, yeah. Memorial Day, a lot of people confuse that with Veterans Day, which kind of okay, but not as long as you appreciate They're the military, not really I don't care. Yeah. But um, the great thing, too, is um, we now have the Pentacle at Arlington. And yes. that was a fight that Circle Sanctuary and Selena Fox led. And believe it or not, she was backed up by a few Corellians on that one. Yeah. Um, there was participation on our side on it. And it's pretty damn special when you can go to Arlington and see a Pentacle on Patrick. And see Jordan. a Pentacle, yes. Uh, and, and those sacrifices that they made for us to be able to have that Pentacle on there. Yeah. That's and a lot. It is wonderful that it took to 2007. Remember that 2007, yeah. we were a recognized religion in 1973 and it took 2007 before we could get a pentacle. Um, once they accepted the pentacle, they started accepting other pagan symbols. So if you're in the military and you want something specific, pagan, you got to make sure your wishes are known so that it can be put on because it can be put on your marker now. It does not have to be just a pentacle. They've accepted quite a number of other symbols for the grave markers. So that kind of is very special to me because although my family, everybody who fought was military, they were Christian, it's mm -hmm. still the idea that it doesn't matter. You can get that out there. So it doesn't matter who you fought next to, whether they were pagan, Christian, or Jew, you can all have the symbol now on your headstone. So that was a big thing for me. I was very much behind that fight because um, being pagan, it didn't matter. I did um, I did some chaplaincy at Fort Meade in Maryland, and mm -hmm. I know what the sacrifice is. My dad did it. Um, a lot of my uncles did it. A lot of my cousins did it. And I'm fortunate. I don't have to remember anybody on Memorial Day. But I do remember them all on Veterans Day. Memorial right. Day is to celebrate those who died in service. Right. And then Veterans, Veterans is Day. for anybody I mean, in uniform. Exactly. So people tend to confuse those. Um, I'm such a, a, a turd, as I call it. I have it on my <laughs> wall at work. 
I have Memorial Day and in big letters what it is because a couple of people kind of like mm, they weren't sure what it was. So right. I have veter I have Memorial Day and I have D Day and I have Flag Day. So everybody understands. And then when Veterans Day, you know, comes up, that goes up on my wall then. Just so that people understand because a lot of younger people really didn't grow they've not grown up through a war. You know, our last real war honestly was Vietnam. Yeah. I mean Desert Storm was more of a military Desert, policing. Yeah. It wasn't that long. Vietnam was our last big war and unfortunately I remember it all too clear. So it's um yeah, yeah because a lot of my my male friends got drafted. The draft that was, was in. Yeah, and the draft was I I yes. I I only have one relative that served in the military and that was my maternal grandfather he was in the navy in world war ii so um nobody in my family in my immediate family um was in the military but i highly revere anybody who served the country in the military. my family has a lot of military um where i'm from it's either the military or the coal mines so a lot of people <laughs> pick the, the military um, in fact, my uncle met my aunt in World War II. They had five children. Of those five children, four were in uniform. Wow. So when you say military family, It's yeah. a big military family. Yes. And um, I am of the military family that says, please don't put um, fireworks. Please yeah. Be careful with the M80s and the very loud noises. The sparklers are cool. We can deal with those. But anything other than that can cause problems for the military. Yes. So just yes, keep that can. in mind when you're excited about shooting off your fireworks. Please let your neighbors know. Um, it's a need to know if you have um, anybody around you that's military and you set something off, they're not aware of it. It can cause PTSD flashbacks, and it can cause a lot of things to go wrong that you don't want to go wrong. Right. So I do caution those and I get it. I love it, you know, but just keep in mind any like 4th of July is great, except if you're military sometimes. Exactly. July is not a happy time. And, and another thing too on that point is that, you know, you've got to check with your local ordinances again here, like what we were talking about with the bonfires, you know, there are some places that you can't shoot fireworks. Um, well, look what happened in California. Was it last year or year, the year before last when fireworks before. set off how many hundreds of acres of fire and they traced it back to- To the fireworks. To the fireworks. So, yeah. you know, if you're gonna do that, I leave it to the professionals because I'm mm -hmm. not smart enough to figure out how to do it. I'm going to be honest with you. I can do the sparklers. We call them angry incense. We can do that. <laughs> yeah. Where you just hold them up. <laughs> the kids walk around with them and you're good. Um, other than that, I like to leave it to the professionals because yeah. they know what they're doing and even yeah. they can go wrong. So go somewhere where they have them. There's tons of places that have, the fireworks that you can go to rather than I know it's kind of cool to set it off in your backyard but it's not kind of cool if you set somebody's house on fire no you don't want to do that and you the same with shooting guns a bullet goes up it's got to come down yeah what what's that old poem I shot an arrow into the air it fell to earth I know not where 
Same thing happens yeah. with a bullet. You know, shoot it and it's coming down somewhere and you never know where it's going to go. Yeah. So um, I caution against that. Um, I lived in Baltimore for many years and that's a big thing in Baltimore, believe it or not, to shoot off guns and ammunition during all of the holidays. So yeah. I was always a little unnerved by that because it's not so much shooting it off. If you shoot in the air, you're a good shot. You shoot straight up and chances are it's going to come down and not bother anybody. But if you're not that good, you can hurt somebody. You um, can kill people somebody. People die every year from it. Yeah. So just All the keep time. those thoughts in mind. But, man, I'm telling you, it's a great holiday, and the veterans are – it's it's kind of cool now. Um, I remember when Vietnam veterans came back, and it was mm -hmm. – I had relatives who fought in Vietnam, so I was very excited when they came home. So I didn't yeah. have that animosity that, you know, their government – our government sent them over there to do a job. They did the job. Don't be angry at them for doing the job. Be angry at the government for making the decision to do the Absolutely. job. Absolutely. And Absolutely. a lot of people treated the Vietnam veterans really bad when they came back. And you have to remember the sacrifices. When you're a military family, it's just not the man that goes to war. I mean, you're left home with kids. And mm -hmm. you have to make decisions and have to be on your own when he's deployed. It is a very tough lifestyle to live. It is very difficult. It's hard on the kids. Um, there's a lot that's involved that you don't see unless you're military. Um, you don't see the flashbacks when somebody sets off a firecracker and you don't know about it. We were at my aunt's house and someone set off a firecracker and didn't tell the rest of them. Our family knew it was a friend of the family's came over, lit the match, started the firecracker, and you've never seen 20 grown men dive under tables any quicker and they it freaked them out probably for the i mean the rest well we the rest it it ruined their night visit. yeah we called it going on a visit it's actually a fugue state where they actually go back to where they were at that time so mm -hmm. we had them in world war ii korea and vietnam yeah. so i'm dealing with all three mm -hmm. wars you know so it's just you know know your audience Know what you're doing. Be responsible. And Absolutely. Pam is exactly right. Um, and all of our pagan military, yay, pagan yay. military, um, celebrate, wear those pentacles loud and proud. Um, Absolutely. They actually put them on the dog tags now. Oh, oh. So you can get pagan dog tags. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of a, as I've seen over the years where you couldn't even mention the fact that you were pagan to where now we're at Arlington, you know, it's kind I know of that we've come a long way. And thanks to the leaders that we've got in the pagan community, um, that we is something that extremely fortunate that we have such strong leadership. We've, yes. We've if come they a were long not way. strong, we wouldn't get what we got. I mean, Selena yeah. Fox, started and i give her a lot of kudos with um yes. sanctuary to start the lawsuit yes. with the aclu to get the pentacle at arlington and to get it recognized there are pagan clergy ministers in the military um there's books on pagan military um i have several of them and it explains, you know, what a chaplain in the military, and if you're a pagan chaplain in the military, what your mm -hmm. roles and rights are. So 
were recognized by the military. So, you know, stand proud. Absolutely. We are there. Every year, um, Selena Fox usually does a big ceremony for Patrick Stewart was the gentleman that they went to fight to get his pentacle at Arlington. And that was a big fight. Once they got his, then there was a woman, Jan, who her husband was Christian. She was pagan. He was in the military. If you're a spouse of a military, career military, you can be buried with them in Arlington. And um, they went to bury her, and she wanted the pentacle. He has the cross. She wanted the pentacle. And when they won the fight for Patrick Stewart, she got her pentacle. Good for her. So there's a whole bunch of them out there now that have pentacles on them. So if you're anywhere near Arlington and you want to celebrate any of the military, you are allowed to go in and you're allowed to look at the headstones and you can find the pagan ones and put a flower there. There is nothing wrong with that. What a wonderful gesture. What a wonderful gesture. And now change in the military. If you put change on different headstones, they all have a meaning. What does that mean? Um, It depends on... Um, if their what their rank was and where they mm-hmm. when they served, you put change on the top of it. It's kind of like when you go into a graveyard and you take graveyard dirt, you pay for it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an offering. It's not paying. Okay. For it. Okay. It's an offering. Because if you go into a graveyard and you want to take the graveyard dirt, you always offer an offering to whomever you're taking the dirt from, and the offering can be many things. I tend to give change because that's money is a, a known ex, exchange. It's energy. Right. And it's a known exchange factor. Um, yeah. You can pour alcohol in the grave if you know it. Like, you know, my uncle, I would definitely pour a beer on his grave because that would be what yeah. you would want. Um, but if you take the graveyard dirt, you always give an offering. And if you go into the military uh, cemeteries or you see a military cemetery um, grave, you just put change on it to thank you, thank them for their service. Yeah. Because let's face it, if they weren't serving, you wouldn't be here. No, That's kind of that thing people don't understand. Um, growing up military, it's a whole different lifestyle. Yeah. So you learn the sacrifices. You learn what goes on. You know how to behave at a funeral because you know you've been to so many funerals mm-hmm. that you learn as a young child how to behave at a funeral because you've been to enough of them so it's kind of that kind of thing you know you learn to respect those kinds of things so we've got flag day coming up we've got d-day coming up those are our times when we need to express our thankfulness to the military but we need to thank also those leaders who lead our country yeah. so it's something to think about um Pagan leadership. I mean, look at our leadership now. We've got some really strong leaders out there. My goodness. Um, yes, we awesome. do. It is totally awesome when you see those those leaders go out and fight for things like this. It went out and fought for us to become 501c3s and to be recognized yes. as a true religion. You yes. know, I get that all the time. Well, you're not a real religion. Well, you tell that to the federal government because they've already justified us. No, we're a 501c3 organization, so we are a true religion. Yeah, and we are. Our our group is. So that's kind of very exciting um, when you look at it. I mean, it's a nonprofit entity. We are listed as a nonprofit nonprofit religious organization and there's <laughs> only a few in fact circle sanctuary aquarium tabernacle were one, two of the first 
in the 70s to become 501c3s that opened the door that yes, said hey we're legal so now you can celebrate and we're going to have a show on this because um miranda my linda miranda miranda must be on my mind uh my linda had talked about it and she was like well how do you know what your rights are and i was like girl pagans in the law is a book and i've learned over the years because my oldest could not celebrate the holidays and so because the schools had a real hard time believing that. Now she was born. I mean, I she was I, born in seventy one. It wasn't recognized till seventy four. So even though she was young, it, it may have been recognized in Congress and in Washington, but it wasn't recognized everywhere. So right. there was a fight until she had high school. Once she had high school, the fight was over because then it was already known. Well, this mom it's still to this day, I mean, in certain parts of the country, you're going to come, those are yes. some of the challenges that we have to face as, mm -hmm. a, as a community. Um, you know, I've, I've been at the hospital before in the last hmm, three or four years. And um, they asked me what my religion was. And I told them and the nurse kind of turned up her nose. And I was like, what's that look for? So anyway, <laughs> my best hospital story was about, oh my goodness, about 20 years ago, I went in and they asked what my religion was. And I said, pagan, which is the umbrella because it's yeah. easier to explain. And, and it's yeah. also nicer words than saying I'm a witch. It's easier to say right. you're pagan. Right. So they sent this little young girl in like, we used to call them candy stripers. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Volunteer. You know. So she comes in and says, well, ma'am, do you have any um, religious requirements for your food, for your dietary intake? And I looked at her, and in all seriousness, I said, yes, it has to be good. She didn't crack <laughs> a smile or nothing. She walks out to the desk. I knew when she hit the front desk and told him because the laughter from the front desk was more than I could handle. I lost it in there. I was laughing as hard as that. That is funny, Pam. <laughs> but they were like, I can see you now too telling her that. I said, it's got to be good food. So and she had no expression on her face. She went running out and she told him the news and the whole desk lost it. So it was, that was good. Um, that's the one where I screwed up my x-rays. Oh, no. Note to you, if you're a Reiki master, do not Reiki in the x-ray room. You will screw up the x-rays beyond all hope. Really? Oh, I did. Um, I was being wheeled down. Um, my lupus had kicked up, and my lungs actually look like I have double pneumonia all the time because they have yeah. fluid in the bottoms of them. It's part of the disease. No big deal. Uh -huh. So they're wheeling me down because they have to do a chest x-ray. Every time you go in, regardless, you go in for a toenail, they're going to take you down for chest x-rays. You just know that. So the woman says to me, she says, I noticed on your chart, you said you're a pagan. I am. And I'm waiting for the fight. You know how you prep yourself? Mm -hmm. So I got all the stuff in my brain. And she's like, do you do Reiki? Well, that caught me totally unaware. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm a Reiki master. Why? You really do it? I'm like, yeah. She says, really? And I'm like, yeah. You're like, yeah. 
So they get me down, they're in a wheel, you know, you're in a wheelchair, they wheel you down there, and she's like, can you reiki my back? <laughs> okay, sure, not a problem, come over here. I said, you got to step back a little bit closer, because I'm in a wheelchair, I can't get out. So she backs up, she's literally standing between my legs, okay, and I'm doing the reiki on her back, she's like, oh my God, oh my God, she's like, I mean, you would have thought, Mm, okay. The Reiki goes where it's supposed to go. So exactly. You got the good, the good feeling. Well, the tech is in, you know, they, they're behind that shield. Well, the tech's behind the shield and she comes out and she's like, what's going on? She's just like, I can tell you exactly where her hands are at. They are so hot. And she's telling the girl where my hands are. Well, I, you know, Reiki, you don't touch anybody. So I'm like 12 inches away from her back. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, she's down there at the back. Oh, she's at my kidneys. Yes. Oh, can you do a little bit more on that kidney? I mean, this is what's going on in the x-ray room, right? So the, the x-ray tech is like, oh, my God, can you really feel that? And I told her, I said, put your hand between my hand and her back. And she was like, oh, my God, that is so cool. So they finally decide to do my x-rays, which is what I was taken down there for in the first place. I had blackened both the x-rays. They oh had to gosh, pull them Pam. out and put new x-ray film because I had blackened the film. And the girl was like, she was, the girl I reikied was like, oh, I knew that was going to happen. And the technician was like, I've never seen that ever. Note to y'all who are Reiki masters, do not Reiki when they put the don't, new film in. Don't Reiki around the x-ray the, room. The x-ray room, because you will screw up. My It came out black, because she pulled them out and put them up and showed me. She said, this is what you did. Wow. they hadn't even turned the machine on. She had put the slides in ready for me. I did the Reiki. Mm-hmm. She goes, she pulls the slides out and throws them up, and they're black. She's like, we have oh my to. goodness gracious. She's like, we've got to do her. And the girl says, oh, I'm so sorry. I meant to tell you not to do that. I've had this happen before. And I'm like, that's bizarre. So, yeah. <laughs> tell me. What right, do you work. think it could possibly be? It's the energy. It's just the energy. The, those films are meant to actually photograph energy is what they're doing. They're shooting energy into you. That's why. Right. Um, there was a big thing years ago causing cancer and all this stuff. Well, yeah, if you get enough x-rays, it will. But what it does is it shoots that energy into you to make the picture. While I'm shooting energy into this woman in front of me, you cannot control it going around her. Right. Even though I'm focusing on her, I blew up both the x-rays. That's they had to retake incredible. my incredible. Incredible. So, and it, the girl told me, she said, oh, my God, I forgot that happened once before. She'd had a Reiki master in there. To, she had a, um, a kidney issue, mm-hmm. and it made her back hurt. Well, kidney issues will make your lower back hurt. And standing on your feet all day as a nurse, you can just imagine how achy it got. So mm-hmm. that little bit of Reiki I gave her really relieved her. But at the same time, it blew up my x-rays. So <laughs> I warn anybody who's a Reiki master, no raking in the x-ray room. No, 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 no. You will screw up everything because I swear they came out black and I had to have them redone. I was so mad. But um, that's another group. That's of, of really, uh, that's, I've, I've never heard of such, Pam. That's, that's, I mean, but that's, I could believe, I mean, I can believe it. I can believe that I can see that happening. <laughs> like, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm still on, I'm, studying level two Reiki, so I'm not 
yet at the master level. But I did not I, think that I was strong enough to do that. I, you don't know how strong you are. I didn't think I was strong enough to do anything. I thought it just would go into her and that would be it. But no, I blew up both x-rays. And she, pulled, she, throw, she showed them to me. She said, look at this. This is what you did. And they were black. Wow. I'm like, I didn't do anything to them. I was like, I didn't do anything. And the woman that I x-rayed was like, oh, I forgot to say. Oh, I didn't know you'd put them in there already. You know, they're prepping when you come down, so you don't know what's going yeah. on. But, yeah, don't reiki in the x-ray room. No, That's don't reiki in the x-ray room. Uh, Make the, a mental that note That needs now. to be on, you know, the disclaimer when you get your reiki master. No reikiing in the x-ray no. room. Right. <laughs> the the energy is that strong. I did not know, but evidently um, it happens. And, and if you're concentrating energy, just remember, you can set off, you know, those EMF meters. Yes. Um, back in Tim the day. Tim does the EMF all the time with his. Um, oh, with girl, his, I can set them things off at 20 paces. Yeah, I bet you could. And it is because we had to. Part of our, um, we used to do intensives. And at one time, one of the intensives was to see if you could set one off. Wow. And okay. yeah, if you focus, you can set that little sucker right off. Make and, it go uh, off. Yeah, that's what, that's what we had to do. It was set out there and you had to make sure you could set it off. And everybody who was in the Reiki class was able to set it off. Those who were not in the Reiki class were not because you learn to focus your energy more in Reiki than, I mean, if you're a witch, you know how to focus your energy. When you do Reiki or healing, then you yeah. really learn to focus and control and concentrate. And I didn't realize that there was that much of a difference because I knew I could control. I, I did the Reiki master, but I didn't realize how much control I actually had over my energy until I, I you can focus it and set that sucker off. So it was kind of cool. You know, it's a little fun thing I can do now. I set off those EMF meters. I, I Not, give you props, yeah. Pam. Oh, hey, anybody can do it. All you have to know is how to focus that energy. And you, you really do. You don't you really know do. how much you can focus until you do it. It's, and then it's like, oh, my God. And then you I realize mean, your The power. first time I set it off, let me tell you, I was in total shock. I thought somebody else did it. And right. they're like, no, you were the one. Do it again. And I did it. And I was like. You're like, what did you do? I was like, oh my God, I almost peed myself. I was so excited. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know. But it, you know, when you're you're working and you're learning how to deal with this energy, um, there it's amazing when people say, you know, Reiki doesn't help or Reiki's, you know, fake and all this. Mm -hmm. um, I love to hear those stories because um, University of Maryland Shock Trauma Burn Unit actually has Reiki masters who volunteer to go in to help the patients. Uh, yeah. Because when they're Reiki, they use less morphine. And it's a proven point. Just like chiropractory back in the day, if you went to a chiropractor, your insurance laughed and said, you're paying for that. I know. And they finally started doing insurance I remember in the late 90s because I went back when I could go like for ten dollars yes <laughs> my insurance I mean we won't go there but um but I would go two or three times a week yeah 
And they swore it was all um, oh, they called it everything from snake oil medicine to but, and uh, massages the same way. They said, oh, that doesn't help. That's bull. No, it does. And it now a huge difference. your insurance company will send you to a masseuse. Your insurance company will send you to a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get Reiki that way. Georgetown University in um, D.C. and University of Maryland shock trauma burn unit. Burns are the most painful um, injury you can have. So mm -hmm. they ran all kinds of blind tests and all that kind of stuff to try to get where Reiki is like chiropractor. They will say we have a Reiki, a Reiki healer, a Reiki, it's a couple that does their Reiki masters here local. Um, and um, they've got a great practice. She does sound therapy too. And she taught me how to do that. Um, but in the state of Tennessee, you do have to have a massage therapy license in order to practice it in a room. That's um, that but, was you know you require can still distance healing, um, and that's what I'm learning to do now. But you know that's you know there's a fine line there, and I think it all depends on what what your state laws are. But your state laws in Florida is you have to have a deep tissue massage license because I tried to transfer my Reiki in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I had a mm -hmm. sign out in my yard that said Reiki thirty minutes, thirty dollars, mm -hmm. and I that's how I made extra money because people would come mm -hmm. in for Reiki all the time. Right. Um, in Florida, when I went to transfer, I was trying to transfer a lot of my, you know, credentials down here and Florida was mm -hmm. like, you need a deep, deep tissue massage. And I said, no, no, honey, I don't touch you. In fact, I don't want to touch you. I don't want you to take anything off. In fact, I will give you two extra blankets to put right. on you. So I don't touch you. Right. She, right. She started laughing. She evidently knew what it was and she was from the North and she's like, where are you from? And I'm like, um, Baltimore, Maryland is where I lived. And she's like, yeah, she's like, no, honey, you got, it. it's a nine month course down here that you have to take. It's quite expensive. Mm -hmm. Once you pass that, then I can do that. And I'm like, but you understand I'm not touching you. I don't want to touch you. Right. I'm this high above your body for a mm -hmm. reason, but yeah, a lot of states require that because they really don't know what to do with it. Now, right. in Florida, if you do it with a love offering and if it's part of your spiritual practice and you can prove it, which we can, um, you can they you can put out a card that says love offering, but you oh. can't put like a minimum or any price on it. You just have to say love offering. So I guess you have to to explain to the person it's most places it runs a dollar a minute yeah that's yeah. well i had a gentleman we went to um festival of souls which is a local place it's a it's a local festival this was years ago anyway a fella came in from another state he came in from missouri and he this was in memphis and um he charged a dollar a minute he was in the vendor area and mm -hmm. he did reiki but he had a massage therapy license. yeah that's, um, they told me i gotta look at I have a manicuring uh, license with the state of Tennessee, I, I, the cosmetology board. I'm certified with the cosmetology board. So I could probably do Reiki on the hands because I can legally touch somebody's hands and up to their elbows. Oh, yeah. Um, so you could probably do that. So, yeah. So because of those, those legalities, I probably am able to do, I mean, I would yeah, I've gotten totally shut down when I came here, unless I do it as a quote-unquote love offering. Um, 
which I've done a few Reiki sessions here and mm -hmm. the love offering. And I was fortunate the people who came to me were like, okay, you know, the usual dollar a minute. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I can't verbally say that. And right. they said that to me and I said, yeah. And they're like, okay, I'll take 30 minutes. Big deal. Throw them up on my table. They got 30 minutes. But it's, you've got to really watch what your state requirements are. See, yeah. I got spoiled up north, all of my credentials. Yeah. Down here, none of my credentials. The only and, thing that transferred without a fight was my clergy. Well, yeah. And and that's the thing about moving to a different state is trying to transfer that. When I lived in Georgia, I just kept my Tennessee license. I just I just kept it renewed every mm -hmm. year or every two years. You have to renew it every two years. And I would just send it in and then that way I at least could get into the houses and buy my wholesale goods. Well, you know what yeah. was funny? You laugh about that, but Tammy Wynette has her hairdresser's license and has renewed it every year. Like yeah. she's never going to do hair again. But well, you but know, when you think the, about it, but I can get I can get really good deals on stuff that people would pay high dollar. You know, and I mean, yeah. every now and then I'll tell people if you need something, let me know, and I'll. I'll get it for you. <laughs> but, like, can you pay me? But you know, it's funny. Here she is. What she's made gazillions of dollars. She's um, yeah. She's she's a well. Tammy Wynette's a legendary country music singer. So right, I mean, yeah. and she still had her hairdresser's license. And I was like, I flipped out every what is it? Every year, every two years, whenever it's the every renewal. Every two is. years here in Tennessee. I don't know. I think it it depends on your state, but most it's mostly every two years. Yeah. So uh, she writes that check every two years out of her like billions of dollars to yeah. get her license. And I, it used to crack me up and I used to think, why you do that? Well, when I transferred down here and half my credentials didn't transfer, I'm like, I know exactly why she did that. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like really mad when nothing transferred except my clergy papers. I was like, are you kidding me? Do you know how much that money is, I made up north? Frustrating. It is, it is very frustrating. It is when you're credentialed. I mean, when you take the classes, you spend two or three years doing it. You mm -hmm. get, you go through the expense and mm -hmm. like, I'm a holistic healthcare practitioner. That was a two year course. It was $1,200, you know, and, and you I can't invested that. out here. Yeah. You invested the time mm -hmm. and the resources. Yeah. And I and can't practice here in Maryland. I practice. In fact, my late husband was, um, if it wasn't for me, he probably would have died sooner because I was able to make a dandelion tincture for him for, cause he couldn't take, um, he had a bad heart. Mm -hmm. Diuretics gave him indigestion and robbed him of his potassium mm. to give him potassium caused his GERD to act up. He ended up dying of throat cancer from acid reflux. Plastic so heart. in order to have him not be sick all day, by taking right. a potassium pill or eating a banana or whatever, I made a dandelion tincture for him to use for um, a diuretic. And dandelion does not touch your potassium. So he was able to use that and flush. And that was able to. And yeah. he kept his potassium level up. Because if you lose enough potassium, it'll give you a heart attack. You'll go into a massive mm -hmm. coronary. So I was able to do that up there. His cardiologist, I went in, I talked to her, we talked about it because we were having such a hard time getting potassium into him. And I'm like, he's already got a heart condition. I don't want to give him a heart attack. And, you know, we were fighting. We tried everything, drops, 
pills, capsules, I mean, suppositories, mm -hmm. we tried it all and nothing worked. And then I said, well, look, I can do this. And she's like, you can. I'm like, I took the course, here's my credentials. And right. she was like, make it. And when we did the course, you had to make several tinctures and send them into a chemist and pay to have them analyzed to make sure you knew what you were doing. Right. And I did the tincture. I gave it to her. She tested it. She came back. She said, make a gallon of it. She said, cause he she's like, give me a it. whole bat of it. <laughs> she was like, he going to be taking it. So that's literally how I, I made extra money up North was, uh, yeah. tarot. I did tarot readings. I did my Reiki and I did my holistic healthcare along with my, you know, counseling and stuff like that as, um, as a clergy person. Right. But yeah, it's amazing. And it, it's really great when you can help people because that's the whole purpose. Absolutely. So, yeah, but there's a lot of venues now that are starting to open up a little bit more as our religion becomes more and more, I don't want to say every day, but it, it's people are no longer, when you say the word pagan, they're not, you know, jumping and showing crosses at you, you know, and right. burn her, she's a witch type thing. People I think are, it's growing more accepting with, with the up and coming new generation. The new generation are more open because they're, they're, if a religion doesn't, or a spiritual path doesn't grow with you or grow, right. it's, if it's the same stuff, people are less accepting of it because you're not moving up with it. You're, you're just exactly. stuck at this level, you know, mm -hmm. and paganism grows with you because you got to grow your path. So you're forced into growing that mm -hmm. you don't have a choice or you stay at that level. So right. you can take it as far as you want. And by being able to grow your spiritual path, um, a lot of people now are like, well, that's what we want. We want something that's going to grow and be more into our lifestyle. Whoever thought we'd be doing this 10 years ago? None. Uh, never. I mean, never. Just 10 years. 10 years has made such a difference in the technology that we have and being, and, and not only that, but being able to show that we are actually genuine. Yeah, I mean, and, and we're real. And it's not yeah. like I'm riding around on a broom anywhere. God, if I could do that, you know how much money I'd save in gas insurance? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah it's funny. I joke at work. I have the watch. I'm uh -huh. Android. I'm not an iPhone person. Me too. I'm an Android person myself. And I did the Dick Tracy thing. I answered my boss on my watch. And I read Dick Tracy as a kid and right. I remember when he got his watch from his little alien girlfriend before they had the alien babies. And mm -hmm. yeah, you got to go back and read Dick Tracy. I'll need and to go back and read it. I remember, you know, him pushing a button and talking and I'm standing here and I, I slid it across and I'm talking to him. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm Dick Tracy. I'm talking to my boss on my watch. And it was one of those stupid moments where he's talking to me and I didn't hear a word he said because I was so like, holy shit. I'm talking <laughs> it's on my watch, you know. And it was one of those moments that he's like, Are you there? Are you there? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I just got carried away with the moment. And when he came, you know, my boss is as young as my granddaughter. Okay. So 
when he came in, he was like, what was going on when I called you? Well, you know, and he's thinking there's something going on at work. And I'm like, I said, it was a Dick Tracy moment. Yeah. And he's looking at me going, oh, a what? I'm like, Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy moment. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh my God, come here. And I type in Dick Tracy and I bring it up and I bring up the watch and I said, look at the date. Look at the date. And he's like, oh my God. I said, your parents were alive at that time because I'm older than his mother, so I know when she was born. And I'm like, <laughs> they were alive at that time, but look at that date. And he was like flipping out. He was like, oh my God, who thought of that? And I'm like, I don't know. But it's freaking bizarre because I'm talking on my watch. So, I mean, if you look 10 years ago, we couldn't do that. But now we're sitting here on Zoom having mm -hmm. this conversation. We're doing ritual on Zoom. I do it every month. Yeah, I've seen you and Miss Mary do the uh, ritual. And it's and like, just the connections that we've made. Actually, in 2020, Zoom was the big, I mean, that's what opened up the whole portal for everybody, you know. And we're doing such crazy things and wonderful things that it's like, wow. So if your faith can't grow to handle a Zoom room, uh -huh. you know, how's it going to handle the rest of your life existence? Right. Because you talk to any younger person and I'm dealing with them on a daily basis, you know, and they're instantaneous information. They're used to getting that stuff right now. And it's like, their spiritual lives are back 2,000 years ago. I know. So they're like going, well, you know, how, like, there are times at work when it gets, I'm an accountant, so things go really crazy sometimes. So there's times they're like, I need a five minute. Everybody's got to leave. I'm sure. I'm five minutes. I do a quick meditation. So I'll sit there and I focus, mm -hmm. concentrate, relax, breathe it in, breathe it out. Now I'm ready to go. And they'll look at me and they're like, well, wow, how, I, that, my faith actually taught me that. So our faith is teaching us how to take on the millennials. Because yes. you're, you do a, a really quick, you can put yourself into a meditative state. I've, that quick. Yeah, I've done that um, when, when I was working um, at the place where I worked at. Um, I dealt with customers and a lot of one-on-ones, you know, with, with clients and um, I sometimes would take a break to my car. Unfortunately, I could walk out to my car and I would get in the car and I would really do, I would almost call the quarters in my car, sometimes. Yeah. but it was like, I was just basically doing the exercises in order to get myself that bubble of protection, you know, and, and, and to, and then to ground and release. And then I would go back to what I was doing and whatever it was that was bothering me before it was just, it was gone. And I just kept going on about my day. And that's how I remained steadfast, you know, where I was. Right. And could you think of any other faith that would let you do that? I can't. No, uh, no, because I mean, I have had friends, well, I had coworkers who would, you know, they were like, well, you have to go to the stock room to do this, this, and this. And I just didn't say anything. You know, I would just say, this is what I've, I've got. To, I'll be back. I've got to go have a moment. And then I would. Yeah. I walk into my office and say, give me five. And I will yeah. sit there. And I actually, um, I'm from West Virginia. So I have a lump of coal that my cousin actually <laughs> pulled out of her yard. She lives right yeah. across from a coal mine. She said, here, this is to remember. So you can remember where the hell you're from. 
Right. Don't forget where you came from. Yeah, that was her little push. So I literally have it on my desk and I just put my put it in my hands and I just sit there for a minute and it's it's almost as good as uh, any obsidian I've ever had. I just sit there and hold it and it's like I'm grounded. And it helps you. It helps you make it. And and nobody I know, um, I have several very religious coworkers who just, you know, you know, and it's like, what do you do to, you know, get rid of that? And they're like, well, I said, man, my faith shows you. Let me show you. you. Grab something, you hold on to it, put all of it in there, and then you set it over there and you just let it go. And I've actually been teaching that quick meditation to some people who are very religious. And they're like, where did you learn this? I said, my path has been doing this for years. Yeah, this has been going on for a century. I said, this, our path grows with us. So no matter what obstacles get thrown in our direction, we are, we have different things in place already mm-hmm. that we can do to make it work. And it's whether you chant, some people chant, some people have to spend five minutes listening to um, some of the new age music to, you know, yeah. clear their mind or, you know, the rocks, the whatever, you know, you have stones. on your, your desk, your stones, your crystals. And she's like, are you kidding? I said, no, our path's been around for, yeah. For so many years, we can just do this kind of crap. And yeah. it amazes me as a psych major right. that this is, this makes sense. Yes, that does. other doesn't really resonate with me. So if I can tell you to take this, hold on to it, put everything into it, then put it on your desk and walk away and you've left that crap there. Mm-hmm your whole day's just started over again. That's you're right. starting like you're hitting a reset zero. button. Yeah. And I don't know of any other faith that has that reset button. That's a really good thing. Yeah. Reset. You're resetting your, you're resetting everything. And you're just, you know, going on, but it, it's fascinating when you start looking at it. Cause like these millennials are like coming in and many of them are joining the ranks of not so much, I guess, neo-pagan, pagan, um, Buddhism, uh, all of those. They're just mm-hmm. starting to really look at those rather than um, the mainstream because the mainstream is is failing them in many ways. Um, it is. I, and I think a lot of it is disappointment. Um, there's a lot of, I don't know, it's hard to say each person, individual, but I mean, Depending on how you were raised and how that was, I think, and also the tolerance that went on in your family dynamic, I think that some people just say, sometimes they run and they chase the dragon, as as we've all called it before. But then there's some people who are really looking at the meditation, the mindfulness, um, grounding and centering. It, Everything it gives like you that. Equipment to deal with your day. It, exactly. I'm equipped when I walk in. If I'm overstressful, I know what to do. If I'm just depressed, I know what to do. If I'm having this happen, I know what to do. So it's in all the spiritual paths I've been in, this is the one that, that tells me, okay, you're going to have a bad day. We know that because it happens mm-hmm. to everybody. Here's mm-hmm. how you can help yourself through it. I don't see that anywhere else where that's, I think that's that shadow work that old Carl Jung um, 
you know, I think it's, I mean, and of course, Carl Jung was, his, I mean, he's he only, was he was only around for the last hundred years. I mean, you know, but, but that's, that's the philosophy and that's behind that, that yeah. whole thing of, shadow, you know, the human shadow. But when you walk, face your own soul. Right. And when you walk this path, we give you the tools. Right. We give you the meditations. There's what, a million meditations out there at least? Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, pick, gobs of them. pick one. Pick I one that resonates with you. I have actually um, read the soul retrieval to myself and recorded myself doing it in, in an ASMR voice to put my own self to sleep at night. That was something that I read. Um, it was out of, I believe, the second degree book. Mm -hmm. But and, it's, we're equipping you with yeah. things to get you through your day, not necessarily through your path, but just to right. get you through the day. Right. You're scatterbrained. You've got so much energy. Go ground. Grab some iron. Yeah. You know, grab yeah. some grab, grab something like This is, um. I actually brought my stones along tonight. This is iron pyrite, which is, um, a very nice, fiery, charged by the sun type of stone. Um, it's very good for manifesting things, and um, it's a good, it's a good one for Lisa. So I wanted to show that. Right, and colorful gold. I got you're this. equipped to know that if you need that, you yeah. know to use that. Yes, I do. And I just do. like obsidian, if you need obsidian, you know how to use it. Yeah, and then I have fluorite right here. This is a little fluorite one of mine. And then this is desert rose, which is actually sediments of selenite. But it's it's one of my favorites. And I bought this from a local, all of these pretty much I bought from a local shop. Now my rose quartz skull that I have, Oh. Um, I got this from Jack's Crystals there in Jacksonville because Miranda, I'm going to give her a plug and I'm going to give Jack's Crystals a plug because they actually have a little lot or they did have live streams. Where they still they do. I was on last sale, night. And I think I had to turn it off because I was spending too much money. <laughs> so, okay. I was on it last night. Yeah, Miranda, I was on it last hey, night. Hey, Miranda, <laughs> I got this from you. And then I actually have one over here. This is a flame. Oh, I like that. And I honestly probably will need Miranda to leave it in the comments because I don't remember what it is. And that's sad, but I just loved it. And I had to have it. So I've got it sitting over here in my curio. But you know, what's fascinating is our path sets you up how to use all that stuff. Right. So it's kind of like it's it's moving with us. Our faith is growing with us because I know there's days at work when I grab that piece of coal and it's like, do not throw, hold. Because there's days mm -hmm. you want to toss it at somebody and you just there's that's why that I put both hands that. over it. I mean, I cannot human. throw that's... like this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's it's funny how we are set up to de-stress, de whatever is going on, and then you got too much energy that day. You just do a little ground and centering, and you're ready to go on. Who would have thought 
four or five thousand years ago we were going to need this but our right. path grows with us so it, it grows to where um yeah i'm wearing this today because i knew friday today was going to be stressful so i have my little black obsidian so i can just sit there and rub it at work i know that's right. silly but it, let me tell you it really and truly works you can just sit there and, and focus everything on it and i'll sit there like this at work and then i'm good to go for mm -hmm. the next two hours absolutely so, i used to keep the piece of malachite here with me in my pocket when i was in sales and that always helped and i i mean people might have thought i was crazy but to me it worked I, it was just the mindset i knew that if i had this in my pocket it centered me to realize that i was going to have a productive day and i mean i know that that's you know a lot of people are like oh well it's malachite you know that's so run of the mill but you know what it works whatever works for you nothing could be more run of the mill than my piece of coal that's sitting on my desk and <laughs> it's just it's there are days when it's all going the wrong way and sideways and you're so stressed that you know if one person looks at you you're going to kill them and i'll just reach for that and just hold it in my hand and it's like i'm okay yeah. and it's i can't explain it in terms that everybody can understand if you're pagan you get me you're yeah. like yeah that's good because whatever it is i mean it could be whatever you've got on your desk it's going to work you know <laughs> but it's we're set up that way to look for something to center us something to ground us something to get us through rather than going off the deep end and right. having you know i had a girl actually go into a panic attack at work and i'm like really mm -hmm. you know and it was like what are you doing why and mouth why aren't you grounding and centering oops um because she doesn't know what that is pam so it was coming back to her and saying okay you you're you're over going over this up you really need to find something to focus on and i'm looking at her dust trying to find something and i said you know what you need to get something in here of your religious persuasion that mm -hmm. you can focus on when you get like this a, a statue mm -hmm. a candle whatever it takes for you to right. focus and she's looking at me like and i'm like bring something in i don't care what it is but get it on your desk tomorrow right we're not going through this again and right. she's like looking at me like i don't know what you're talking about i said you got a statue at home you got a candle at home. you got something at home somewhere that it you can be anything it can focus be. on in in your religious path there and she's Protestant. So I'm like throwing out, you know, I know you've got a, a cross, you've got a statue of somebody that you can relate to, or you mm -hmm. have a candle with a saint on the front, you know, just mm -hmm. something. So she ended up bringing in this little cross and sits on her desk. And now when things get high, hot, and I'm you like, can hold that. I'm like, your cross, your cross. And she'll snatch it up. And she's like, I've never used it for that. And I said, you've never been taught to use it like that i said um in my path we use whatever it is and she looked at me she says that why you have that lump of coal there and i said yep i said that lump of coal if it could talk would say things that nobody in this office needs to hear but i put everything <laughs> into that lump of coal that and lump trust of coal me, goes all the way back to west virginia 
It does, and it's got deep roots, and it is the thing that I can go in, and if I'm, I get overwhelmed sometimes at work. Usually I'm pretty, I'm the calm one at work. Usually if I get upset, then the whole office falls apart. So I have to present this persona of being able to handle everything, and I'll tell you, I can't. I'll go into my office and I grab, snatch that thing up and I'm squeezing it so hard I'm going to like turn it into a diamond in a minute and put it back down and I'm good. I can walk back out and handle the situation that's going on. But my path has prepared me my whole time on the path. What did they tell you? Meditate. Find that. Find the whatever it is, the hematite. Hematite grounds you. Where's your hematite? Where is your hematite at? Okay, this is my hematite. Today was going to be a bad day, and I knew it going in. The hematite's here, and the coal's on my desk. And you were prepared. That's, and what path tells you to prepare yourself, to take your crystals into work, or in your bra. Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. Miranda was hysterical. She was pulling everything out of her bra the other night. (laughs) We were at Angela's. It was, I was no more good. I was done at that point. I was totally done. I was on the floor. I was nowhere good. She's like, watch this. And she just starts whipping stuff. I'm like, oh, man, I'm impressed. But it's it's the preparation of our path. And I really think it's a really good idea that um, maybe some of the other religions or, you know, things need to start coming into the 20th century or maybe the 18th (laughs) century, you know, because some of them are that far behind. But I think it's really a good idea. And I think just preparing yourself, you know, just like with our holidays, it's like, how do you prep for your holidays? I said, we know what they are. We don't, there's really no prep. You, you right. know. No, there's not any prep with this holiday. And that's what I like about it because you can just have, I mean, and, and there's nothing that's just standing out that's screaming that it's got to be for specific, you know, a specific thing. I mean, it's just, everybody has, like we said earlier, you have a, a cookout, you have activities for the kids, fun. And you can't beat that for a holiday where you can actually enjoy it. Yeah. Because if you're the hostess, as you well know, you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off. As well as right. Things and but a lot of times you like, I mean, my grandmother was like this. My, my dad's mom, she loved to entertain people. I mean, she absolutely loved to put on a party. and. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I miss that. But anyway. Well, this has been awesome. Oh, my gosh. We have gone way over time. As usual, I'm not even going to apologize. We had, we, we had a good time. And that's what happens on this on this show. We just have so much fun. My Linda, um, a quick update. Mike is home. He Yay. is doing better. She is now schooling him and how to behave um and we all know that that's a tough road um she is now getting him whipped into shape as i i told her i said whip him into shape um she has all of us and i will tell you that everybody who lit candles prayed sent energy thank you she was in tears yeah and she was like i felt everybody yeah because she was she it, it really hit her hard um, it was the first experience, and it hit her very hard. And so now it's a matter of getting Mike back healthy again. Um, 
He's seeing specialists, doctors are lined up. Um, he's a good candidate, he's healthy. So now he's just, you know, got to get through a few things, of course, with yeah. any sickness. And um, she is, you know, doing the, the wife thing and, and trying to keep things together as we women normally do. And yeah. uh, Mike does say thank you. Um, the doctors were amazed at how quickly he responded to everything. And we all know why, because all of us were sending Reiki and candles That's and prayers. Right. And she had, um, it was like, it was so funny when we heard when you, I called you and you called me yeah. and we got on our phone trees we and did. everybody in the world. We did. Um, she got prayers from literally all over the world. People just tagged her and, you know, so. Um, I say, sometimes I joke about us being, you know, in a spider web when somebody pings, everybody answers. Um, when you're in a time of need and everybody comes together, and even if it's just lighting a candle for somebody, it means mountains to them. It and can. the it fact can. that everybody did it, I just thank you. My heart pours out to you, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And we love you. Very much. I, I did not think that she would. I was surprised. She she's holding up like a rock, but she still Thank needs you. prayer. She still needs some energy. The girls are dealing as best they know how. Um, mom's helping, and we're you know things. Whenever there's a crisis in the family, everybody feels it. So everybody needs the energy, and uh, and as pagans, we know that, and we send energy family style which means it hits whoever it needs so um fortunately the girls got hit really good with the energy and they're coming together with it and she's getting all the proper care for mike as well as herself because that was one of the big things i screamed at her about that i told her if not i was going to come kick her butt but uh, well you know you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of your family and right yeah. now let's face it we women are the, we're the home the home sits with us. Yes, so we do. She is putting things together with the kids and getting him back on his feet so that she can um, come back. She was she was like, I really want to do the show tonight, but he really needs me right now because of timing medications and timing, right. you know, everything that's got to be done. So without giving away all of his medical issues, um, it is working, so please keep the prayers and the candles yeah. coming for another couple weeks. That's all we're asking, just so he can get up and going. Those who have won awards, we do have cups going out this week. I'm going to the post office tomorrow to mail a few. Um, yeah. Melinda's been keeping up with that. She's you know, been handling some things behind the scenes that y'all don't say. Um, and Corey, thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot thank Corey enough. I've enjoyed it. For stepping in, I mean, it was. I felt so bad last minute having a call. I, I hate that it has to be under these circumstances, but I, you know, I, I don't mind at all stepping in to help. We're family, you know. Oh, uh, it's a try. What we do, and it's part of our ministry to help one another, and that's I, the whole point of it. So. I love being part of a tribe because it doesn't matter what happens; we all step up for each other. That's and right. I guess the three of us have been fussing and you know working our way through this for all the stuff that we've been through for the last what two years at least yeah 
Yeah. So um, we've grown very close and it's just wonderful that we were able to tap on Corey and say, can you please help? And of sure. course, Corey is like the ultimate lady instead of, oh, thank you. Oh, I appreciate thank it you. because um, we really didn't have someone who could step in and we had talked about doing extra shows and putting them in what they call the can back in the day but we were going to have a couple shows just done just in case something like this happened and we never got to them because life happened and then it was like oh now we need it and Corey has been the goddess and stepped in Aww. and held our show together for us so I mean we it's couldn't do it without you <laughs> But thank oh, you, no. Pam. I appreciate those kind words. We've gotten the best reviews from everybody likes to having Corey on, so it's wonderful. Oh. So um, it's it's just great to have to know you have a sister that you can pick up the phone and say, and I'll tell you, I picked up the phone the night Melinda and things happened. Yeah, like, we, I need we to rock. Both, yeah. Yeah. Great. I was... You just need to talk to me and say something. And okay. your little <laughs> accent is what got my Linda through. <laughs> She told me, she says, your accent just calms her to no end. And well, that's, she, I appreciate that. I don't know what I'm just being me. <laughs> she was so funny. She called me and she says, I had to call her. I just had to call her. I had to hear her voice. <laughs> she walked me through two panic attacks. I was like, you had a panic attack? She I said, did. I had two of them. And Corey well, I didn't know her. what was going on. And uh, she said she's having a panic attack, so I called her, and, and then she told me what was going on, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And so, yeah, it was it was frightening, but um, you know, the best thing to do is to stay calm. And if somebody, actually, my neighbor who is a Vietnam vet, I will say this: he told me if you ever see somebody in distress, he says, "And I have seen some people in distress," and he goes, "I don't talk about my experiences." over in Vietnam, but I will say, I had to look at people and say, it's been nice knowing you, but I've got to move on. But the one thing I didn't do was I didn't get upset and start crying in front of them because I knew that if I did that, it was just gonna make them feel bad. So the best thing to do is to stay calm so that way you can help them through. And when he told me that coming from someone who had survived Vietnam, um, that doesn't talk about it very much and seems to be very centered. It that really stuck with me. So, well, I can honestly say when I called you, I just needed a rock for like, you know, you look like the strongest person in the world, and then when something mm -hmm. happens, it throws you off kilter. You need someone to say, breathe. Yeah. And I call Corey, and Corey's telling me, breathe. Yeah. I did. Okay. Thank you. And that's what got me breathe. through. So it was. It's a tribe, and I will tell anybody that when you get into this group, it's a tribe, and you know who you can call on in your tribe to get what you need. And Corey's been our rock. Um, poor Corey, <laughs> she had to have one phone in each ear, one for me and one for Melinda for there for a while. <laughs> yes, because we were fighting over who was going to talk to her. Um, but it's been wonderful, and I know that you will be back on the show again because it's it's so great that if I anything, would love to be back you know, happens. I'm hoping that you and my Linda get to do a, sh a couple of shows together because you two fun. are just too much when you bounce off of each other. I just love mm -hmm. the interactions. So I do thank everybody for, you know, their prayers and everything. Just keep us in the prayers for another couple of weeks till Mike gets back on his feet again. And, you know, the world turns around right for him. 
Um, things are moving. He is, the doctors are amazed. You guys have done a great job sending the energy because the doctors are like, wow, he's really coming through. And I'm like, yep, it's because <laughs> a lot of prayers and prayers can move mountains. We know yes, that. Sir. That is proof positive. So keep the prayers coming for another couple weeks. We appreciate you. Um, mm -hmm. Mugs are going out. My Linda's going to give me a list. I, I know I have to go to the post office tomorrow and drop a couple off. So, hey, you got mugs coming. We do ask uh -huh. if you get that mug, just take a picture. You don't even have to show your face. Just show the picture in the mug. Um, and we'll put it on our Facebook. Um, our next show, we're going, and I have my little list here. Um, we're going to go over a little bit more on Litha, and then guess what? That Father's Day is coming up, and I'm going to give you some insights on Father's Day that you might not know about. That'll um, be interesting. Yeah, because um, like Mother's Day, I know a little bit about what's going on there. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to have a witchy Independence Day on June 27th. We're going to talk a little bit about our independence, and we're going to bring up a little bit about pagans in the law. So you know where you stand. Um, we're independent, but we also need a little bit of help with the law so we understand where we stand. And I thank everybody for tuning in. I hope to see everybody again next week. And Corey, thank you so much. I just can't thank You're you. Welcome. Enough. I just want to like hug you. You're just welcome. Um, and Bless. just say thank yeah. you. You're welcome. You're the bestest. All right. Thank you all for uh, bye bye. joining us. And we'll see you next time.